because character styles inherit much of their formatting from the paragraph and may have very few unique attributes. Modifying them is a bit different from modifying paragraph styles. Oh, hello. I was just reading to Brenna from her brand new favorite book, Adobe InDesign CS4 Styles, How to Create Better, Faster Texts and Layouts by, oh, by me. This is my book. And this book and this little one here are the reason it's been quite some time since you've seen a podcast from me. But now the book is out and available for sale. The baby is dressed appropriately, and I think it's time to get a new episode going. So let's get started. Hello again everyone and welcome back at last to the InDesigner, the video cast that provides information, instruction and insight for designers using and learning Adobe InDesign. I'm your host Michael Murphy, graphic designer, Adobe certified expert and author of Adobe InDesign CS4 Styles, How to Create Better Faster Text and Layouts. And this is the long-awaited episode 52, Acrobat Friendly Form Design. Lately I've been doing a lot of work designing forms, and forms present unique design challenges. The function of a form is to be filled out, so nothing about its design should impair that process or slow it down. Most forms also need to fit in a very compact space, so they need to be arranged very efficiently. In addition, more and more forms are being completed digitally, as fillable PDF forms, so another challenge when designing a form is to make it as Acrobat friendly as possible, so you don't have to do a lot of work in that application after you finish up in InDesign. Fortunately, the same things that make for a clean, organized, well-designed form on the page also lend themselves to fast and easy form field recognition in Acrobat. We'll see that in a moment. First, let's take a look at this area over here on this form under contact and billing information, where name, title, company, address, and other basic information will get filled in. This is set up in a very fast and easy way, requiring the least amount of work. Every line here has a paragraph rule below under it. With my cursor on any line, I'll open up the paragraph rules dialog using command option J, and you can see that the rule below settings apply a half point rule to the full width of the column using a two point offset. I'll cancel out of that. Now I've saved that setting as a paragraph style. All of this text uses the form lines below style. Now I'm not crazy about this particular way of setting up form lines. Design wise I don't like the line extending under the words name, title, company, etc. I think it makes the form less than clear. But let's see what Acrobat thinks about this approach. From the file menu, I'll choose export, select Adobe PDF as the format, give the file a name, and click save. In the export Adobe PDF dialog, the only setting I really want to make sure is on is view PDF after export, so that Acrobat will immediately open the exported file when it's finished. The compatibility setting is Acrobat 6, which is fine for forms. So I'll click export, and here's my form in Acrobat. Although right now, it's not a form at all. It just looks like one. I need to make this a fillable Acrobat form. In Acrobat 8, I could have done this from the Forms menu, where I'd have chosen Run Form Field Recognition, but that option is no longer in this menu in Acrobat 9. However, if I choose Add or Edit Fields, I get a dialog informing me that there are no fields in this document and giving me the option to have Acrobat detect likely fields for me. 
I'll click yes. Acrobat takes a pass at it and switches me into form editing mode when it's done. And take a look what's happened here. Name, title, email, and URL were successfully detected and set up as form fields, but most of the others weren't. I could add those fields manually right here in Acrobat, but I don't want to do that. If there's a change or correction to this form, I'll have to make those manual adjustments every time I re-export an updated version from InDesign. This part of the form needs to be set up in a more Acrobat-friendly way from the start, so I'll close this without saving, go back to InDesign, I'll select all of this text again, and apply a different paragraph style I already have set up called Form Lines Above. That style uses a Rule Above setting to draw a line above the words name, title, company, and so on. This is a very common approach. You see this a lot on forms. What I don't like about this, though, is that whenever I'm filling out a form like this by hand, I always have a moment's hesitation at the first line where I'm not 100% sure if I should be writing on the line above the word name or in the space under the word name. I always have to look at the very end of the form to see if there's an extra line there so that I don't make a mistake. That works against what I mentioned earlier, that forms should be as effortless to fill out as possible. Anything that stops someone from immediately knowing what to do is not good. But this is still a very easy approach to setting up the form lines in InDesign, and it's used a lot. One rule above setting, and a few tab stops, and you're done. So never mind what I think, let's take a look at what Acrobat thinks of this setup. I'll export the file again, with another name, and without changing any settings. It opens in Acrobat. And this time, to detect the fields, I'll show you where Adobe buried the appropriate menu command in Acrobat 9. From the Advanced menu, I'll choose Accessibility and Run Form Field Recognition. It's a few levels in, but I don't get that dialog box we saw last time. Acrobat parses the document, and there we go. Much better this time. Acrobat has actually created all of the fields I need, even breaking up the city, state, zip, phone and fax options into separate fields even though more than one option exists on the same unbroken lines. Notice that it's even properly converted the signature line to a digital signature field so this document can be signed electronically. Acrobat is smart enough to interpret the word signature below the line and automatically designate this as a digital signature field instead of just a standard text field the way it's set up for all the others. So this approach works just fine as far as Acrobat is concerned, but I just can't let go of my pet peeve about the text being below the line. It's just not good enough for me yet. So I'll close this, go back to InDesign, select all of this text again, and this time I'm going to apply my form lines aside paragraph style. Now this is a form design that I can live with. There's no ambiguity here. Each item is in bold with a line directly following it, not above or below it. There's only one option in this format, and that's to write in the space directly after the text, name, title, company, etc. By removing any other choice, you eliminate any potential misunderstanding on the part of the reader. Now, you might be thinking that this design is more work than just applying rules above or below, and you're correct, but it's not nearly as much work as you think thanks to an effective use of repeating nested styles. Nested styles, by the way, are covered in Chapter 2 of my book, and although this particular example isn't in there, every principle applied to make this work is discussed in that chapter. 
Now that I've shamelessly plugged the book again, let's see just what's making this one paragraph style with no overrides handle form lines with one item, two items, and three items. I'll turn on hidden characters using command option I and let's look at some of these different lines in the form, starting with the city state zip line which has the most going on. What you can see here is that there's some text with no underlining, followed by an N space, then a tab, then an M space. That pattern repeats for the state, text, an N space, and a tab. For the zip, the pattern changes slightly. Once again, it's text followed by an N space, but this hidden character isn't a tab like the other two. It's a right align tab, which automatically pushes the cursor all the way to the right edge of the column. That's the same type of tab used here after fax to extend the line out from the second item on the line and for all of the single item lines to push the fill in line all the way across. However clever this may seem, it's actually quite simple. There's only one nested character style used in this paragraph and only three instructions are required to make this work. The character style is called form underlines, and if I look at the settings for that style by control clicking its name and choosing edit form underlines, look at all the undefined values here. Absolutely nothing about its basic character formats is defined except that underline is checked. Nor are any values defined for advanced character formats, character color, or open type features. All of that is inherited from the paragraph. This character style does only one thing. It turns on underlining, and it does so with specific settings here in the underline options. The rule is one half point thick, and it has an offset value of zero. That's all. This is what I like to call a flexible character style, and I cover those in chapter one. The less you define about a character style, the more adaptable it is to many situations. This particular style will work no matter what font, color, letting, tracking, baseline shift, or other setting I apply to the paragraph. Now let's look at how this style is nested within the paragraph. With my cursor in the paragraph, I'll go up to the Paragraph Styles panel, right-click on the Form Lines Aside style name, choose Edit Form Lines Aside, and go to the Drop Caps and Nested Styles area. The setup here is pretty simple. The first instruction is to use none, meaning the paragraph style with no modifications, through one end space. The second instruction is to use that form underlines character style through one of two possible delimiters, a standard tab, designated by the meta character caret t, or a right align tab, designated by the meta character caret y. That's the key to this style's versatility, and you'll see why in a moment. The third instruction is just to repeat those last two styles. Back on the page, I'll open up the tab ruler, and you can see that a tab stop here is used by the longer entries like city and phone, and the other tab stop is used to end the underline after state. But using a right indent tab after fax bypasses the second tab stop, and using one on name, title, company, etc. bypasses both tab stops and pushes the underlying style all the way to the right edge. One style, three uses. So I like the way this looks, and it's a good example of a versatile nested style. But what does Acrobat think of it? To find out, I'll save this file and export a new PDF.
In Acrobat, once again, I'll choose Advanced Accessibility Run Form Field Recognition. And this form works just fine too, so it's win-win. I get the design I like, and Acrobat likes it too. When I click Close Form Editing, you can see the fields highlighted, and as I tab through them, they're highlighted in the desired tab order. Once I tab past Signature, the checkboxes over here are highlighted, and they proceed from top to bottom, then to the next column. So that's all working great. We're going to look more at some of these other form elements, the checkboxes, radio buttons, and the comb for the credit card number, in the next episode. That's all for this episode. I'll be back soon with the next installment of this look at Acrobat Friendly Form Design. In the meantime, let me again remind everyone that Adobe InDesign CS4 Styles, How to Create Better, Faster Text and Layouts, is now available from Peach Pit Press. If you buy the book from Peach Pit's website, you can use the promo code InDesignStyles to save 35% off the cover price. The easiest way to get there is through tinyurl.com slash InDesignStyles. Once you've purchased your book, register its ISBN number on the Peach Pit site to get access to two downloadable chapters that didn't fit in the printed version. If you've already got the book, please post a review on Amazon.com and help me generate positive word of mouth about it. Also, if you're in the Washington, D.C. area, I'll be doing a one-day seminar called Adobe InDesign by the Book, demonstrating many of the techniques covered in the book, particularly those that apply to the speeding up of long document projects. Everyone who attends gets a free copy of the book, and you can register for this event online at dc-id.org. I'm also continuing to teach my InDesign Masterclass for Designers at EEI Communications in Alexandria, Virginia, and Silver Spring, Maryland throughout the year. You can see the full schedule on the blog by clicking the Classes and Seminars link. I'd like to thank everyone for their patience and loyalty over these months while I was getting both the book and little Brenna off to what I hope is a very good start. Until next time, feel free to post your comments or questions about this or any other episode on the blog at theindesigner.com, email me at info at look for me on AIM or iChat, or follow me on Twitter, all under the name The InDesigner. I've also created a Facebook fan page for both the book and the podcast, so if you're on Facebook, just search for either the InDesigner or InDesign Styles and become a fan. Until next time, this is Michael Murphy for the InDesigner Podcast. Thanks for watching. Unique attributes. Modifying them is a. Di <laughs> I got distracted by.